Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, we'll inspire you to become a bold and powerful voice in the world and claim your space with confidence. You can be bold and go against the grain to become the creative rebel you want to be. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hello, lovely. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Can I just tell you, you should be excited. I'm just going to let you know you should be excited. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you why? Because I've got some awesome guests lined up that are ready to go. Today, I have got my good friend, my client, creative master, Marion Piper back on the podcast. She's been on before. Her and I have such awesome conversations. And so she's actually going to be speaking again at the Rise Retreat, which is coming up in August this year about our creative process, where we get stuck and how we can move through it. Uh, And we're going to be doing that with everybody that's coming along to the retreat, which I'm excited to do and diving into their creative process. But today, Marion is here and she's going to be sharing the creative process with you so that you can start to really think about how do I work in this particular area of my creative process? What could I do better? Where do I get stuck? What do I need to be aware of? You know, and I think that's the thing. I say to my clients all the time, coaching and these conversations is about us seeing our own thoughts, our own processes, how we work through things. Because I think it's only when you can reflect and see how you work and how you think that you can have the shifts and the moves that you want to have in your business and in your life and in the creative pursuits that you want to have as well. So I am here for this conversation and I'm so glad you're here today as well. So I hope that you are doing well uh, and that life is treating you kind. How are you? How are you going? You can always send me a DM at Suze Chadwick and let me know because I care and I really value that you're here. I value that you come back. Maybe this is your first time. If it is, welcome. You know, but I do value your time and I love that I am in your earbuds on a regular basis as well. So if there's anything you want me to talk about, then I am ready to talk about it. And recently I kind of had a bit of a brand upgrade where we kind of We've got some new images, we've got a new vibe, and I really felt like it was time for my brand to grow up a little bit as well, which I am going to be talking about on the podcast here too. And so with the podcast, it's always been super practical. I do love practical, but you know I love the mindset stuff as well and how we can shift our energy, how we can be magnetic, how we can manifest the things that we want. Because I think at the end of the day, If you have a stellar mindset where you are always getting better at being self-reflective and being able to shift yourself through, then you will do so much more in your business. You know, when we feel stuck in our business, so often it's us that is making us stuck. And so that's why I think this is really important because you won't market yourself as well as you want if you don't have the right mindset. You won't build a brand that's magnetic if you don't have the right mindset to kind of love and live into what it is you do and what you're here to do. But anyway, I can just 
talk about this all day, but this is a mega episode. So I am going to keep this short and sweet. And I absolutely want to do Marion justice just because she's a friend. This might be the first time that you're actually connecting with her and listening to her. And so I wanted to make sure I shared her bio with you as well. So if you're looking for practical creativity for big ideas, then Dr. Marion Piper is your go-to gal. As a creativity coach and copywriter, she supports creative entrepreneurs to become their most creative selves so they can communicate their world-changing ideas with confidence and passion. Marion believes that everyone is creative, yes, even you, and in a world where everyone sounds the same, choosing the right words is the best way to stand out. Having travelled the world and completed a swag of degrees, including a PhD, Marion is here to inspire you to stop imitating everyone else and start using your own voice for real. So on that note, let's dive into this week's episode. Marion, welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. You're like a regular guest these days. I am part of your digital furniture. <laughs> so good. I love it. It's because you've got the goods. It's because we've always got great conversations and topics and things like that. So welcome back. What's been happening? Oh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, honestly, um, and, you know, maybe a lot of people can relate to this, not much has been happening because I've been a sick, snotty mess. Uh, the last month or so has just been, I went, um, I got uh, what, we, what you would call flu-rona. So we yeah. just went from the flu straight into rona, um, but now we're here and we're back on top of the mountain, surveying the landscape, reminding ourselves, yes, I can do the things. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is winter here in Melbourne and it has been a never ending thing, but, but we're back. We're back. I feel like we're both back. I was very sick after huddle. The kids had the flu. We all had COVID. Ah, oh, the joys, <laughs> the joys. It's so good. Uh, hashtag living. Am I right? <laughs> Awesome. So listen, we uh, were chatting about what we were going to talk about today. And I know that you're sort of shifting your business a lot as well. Uh, I mean, you've been a creativity coach for a long time now. Well, stepping into stepping into it more these days as well. And I'm very excited. You ran an amazing, the feedback was so epic. You ran an amazing workshop at the Rise Retreat, which was in February. And yes. you're going to be running another session for us at the next Rise Retreat on a different topic. And we're going to be talking about creative process and how we bring our ideas to life and, and those sorts of things. And so whilst we're going to be going into it in a different way at Retreat, I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about this concept as well. So how did you come up with what we're talking about today is unpacking the creative process and all the steps that you go through. How did you discover this process? Yeah, so, uh, oh my gosh. It is something that I think inherently is actually comes to us quite naturally. Um, and so, and, and that's also why I think we end up getting blocked too, is because creativity is so inherent and so innate that oftentimes we take it for granted and we might forget or jump over a step um, or as I like to say, put the horse before the cart. So um, <laughs> for me, um, it's really been over 
my whole lifetime I've been practicing this, I think. Um, I've always been a creative person. I've always identified as creative, capital C creative. Um, and um, really it was when I was at uni that I got the opportunity to sit in the space of creativity uh, and take the time that's required to understand each step what you need to do, how it feels, and then also how to move yourself from one to the other. Because I think there are certain things, certain feelings, certain emotions that pop up at each stage. And if you don't recognize them, you can actually get stuck really easily. So um, for me, it's been a process. <laughs> Ironically, it's been a process uh, <laughs> over the, uh, particularly since starting my business in 2019 of really thinking about and customizing this process to the kinds of work that I want to bring about. Um, and so while what we're talking about today, while it will be kind of a, a high level, um, really easy to understand um, creative process. Um, what I really like to do with my clients is then get down into the nitty gritty um, and look at where they usually get tripped up and then creating some tools and offering some practices around how you can uh, unblock yourself um, at the stages where, um, yeah, you just, you've kind of go on autopilot and you might forget. Um, so it's really bringing an awareness to um, not just what we're creating and the vision we have for what we're creating, but also to how we create. Because I think, um, in, I've, at least I've, I've observed a lot in business, you know, there's a lot of talk about strategies and, you know, sales, but the actual creation side of thing, it's like, how do I come up with this package? How do I execute on this concept? Um, that's the part that I think gets the least amount of attention. Mm, I love it. So good. Yeah. And I think that that creation phase, like even just before we got on the podcast, like just spending, we were talking a little bit about it, like spending time actually allowing ourselves to mm. work out what we think, like what we want to say, how we want to teach, what we want to do. And I think that sometimes we don't give ourselves enough of that space and that time and I've always found that the things that have kind of blown my mind as well as my clients or my audience's mind is the stuff that I really sat and said to myself how could this be different like what could that process be of me creating something birthing something new uh to be able to talk about when it comes to what I do and what I talk about and my clients and all of those things yeah, for sure. And I think there is this myth that the creative process is only for artists. Yeah. And while, uh, yeah, right. Um, but it's really like all we're talking about is it's really the way that our ideas, art, products and thinking is brought to life, right? Yeah. So um, when I talk about this, the, you know, the creative process, I'm using a small c creative in that it is something that it's not necessarily about being artistic or about producing um, something that has a cultural value, I suppose you'd say. Um, but it's really around like, how do I get this idea from, you know, moment of germination right through to the tree growing? Um, and yeah, it's, it fascinates me because uh, there are a lot of different ways to go about it, um, depending on which context you're in, right? So um, whether you're, you know, you could use this in your business life, absolutely. Doesn't matter if you run your own business or not. If you're an employee, having a solid creative process um, it also allows you to 
um, to really justify your creative decisions to people because you can demonstrate where you've come from. Mm. And that's really what it's about too. It's about understanding your journey through this all uh, and then taking people along on that journey too and being really explicit about the system that you use. And that's what I think, um, at least I know, I'm super fascinated um, with the behind the scenes and like, show me your thinking, like how, like, where were you when you came up with this idea? Because all of that stuff, I think, um, can give you an incredible amount of energy and, and motivation uh, when you're struggling on your own. Yeah, love it. So good. So good. <laughs> awesome. So let's dive in then. So we're going to be going through the six stages in the creative process. So kick us off. Yeah, so um, I'll give you just a quick overview. Um, and so I've uh, basically synthesized a bunch of different uh, research and um, academic papers and things. And these are sort of the overarching six stages um, that I've uh, decided to articulate. So first one is inspiration. The second one is incubation. Stage three, revelation. Love that word. Uh, stage four, evaluation. Stage five, creation, and then stage six, liberation. And so from the get-go, I want you to understand that the goal of a sustainable creative process is flow. We want to get ourselves into that really juicy state where we don't have any distractions, where we are completely tapped in and very present with what we're trying to create. So um, that's the goal. I don't want you to focus on perfection or I don't want you to start really with the end in mind. This is about handing yourself over to each stage, uh, one after the other, one at a time, <laughs> so that you can actually reap the most benefits from the creative process. I love it. So good. And I do have to say, Marion has given me epic show notes. So you will want to go over and check out the show notes for this episode as well, where she's kind of laid it all out for you. So if anybody that's like, but what was that one again? It's all there. So I think that's, I think that that's so good. And so let's start with the inspiration number one. Yeah. So, yeah. And also once a copywriter, always a copywriter. <laughs> Um, okay, so inspiration. So this is really our light bulb moment. Um, this, this first uh, stage of the creative process, it can happen really quickly. It's where ideas are born. Um, but I want you to know that they don't just come out of thin air, even though it might feel like that. Um, ideas happen as you collide with people, objects and other ideas, every single idea, every single day. Um, when you're out and about in the world. So um, this is really where you can let your brain go wild. It's, it's where you gather your information. It's where you get inspired. You take notes, you make mood boards, lists, photos, you print things, stick them against the wall. Like this is really just about being in that first space of discovery. Um, and so uh, one of the things that um, I find with this space too is it's a really good time and opportunity to find some creative mentors. So people that um, are creating work that inspires you, people that are talking about um, things that you want to tap into. Um, and so um, for me at the moment, um, as I'm building out this creativity coaching side of my business, um, I'm really drawing on two people, which are Eric Maisel and Father Bronx, and they're my go-tos. Everything that they say, I, I am just like, um, take me to church. I'm just like, hand <laughs> me a hallelujah. 
So this is, that's kind of the energy we want to bring to this inspiration phase. Yeah, I love that. And it was interesting. I was interviewing um, Bridie from Merrymakers. She's got like a fiber, fiber and cotton type business. And I just said to her, like, where did it come from? And she said, I just observed. Like I was just observing, like, if I want this, I'm sure there's other people that want this. And now it's like this massive business. And I just think that's, that's such an interesting phase because I just think, you know, so often we don't observe enough. I think we like, I don't know, life's busy and we're just going. And we sometimes just even stopping, like we were talking about earlier, like when you stop and you think and you like really wonder like, what else, how else can I say this? What else can I do? And I think that this inspiration and ideas is when we observe and we stop and we listen and we take stuff in that it kind of becomes a bit of a melting pot for yeah inspiration and and new ideas to come as well and I just sort of think that even when you were talking about the people who you really love like for me there's certain people where I always listen and when I kind of listen to different people it inspires new thoughts within me based on what I hear but then putting it through my own filter of like that's amazing what they said. Like, how does that apply to my clients or how does that apply to me or how else could I talk about that in a different way that's maybe, you know, aligned with my story as well. And so I think that, yeah, being an observer, I think is such a, such an important thing for us to make time to do. I totally agree. And I think, um, the the danger of hustle culture which is what you're talking about is that we tend to blow past the observation phase and go straight into problem solving which you're actually doing yourself a great disservice by not allowing your idea to incubate which is the next step but the thing that I wanted to tell you was um and remind people is uh speaking of being an observer yes observe what's happening around you but also observe what's happening within you mm. and to think of your brain as kind of like a night sky and you have all of these stars and planets and dots and things happening and what your brain is doing when it's being creative is it's not really bringing anything out of nowhere but it's making new connections between things that might not necessarily always go together and so start to think about the creative moment as how can I bring things together in new and interesting ways? And I find that that often takes a lot of the pressure off having to come up with, you know, mm. the groundbreaking original idea. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and I mean, I think at the end of the day, it is kind of things are inspired by other things. Like, as you said that, don't ask me why, but Airbnb came to mind. I've listened to their story many times and it was just like people needed somewhere to stay. No hotels were available. We have a house. Like, it's kind of like an observation. It's like inspiration. It's putting, joining the dots. Like, interesting. Let's give that a go. Let's see how that works. And I just think there are so many, so many examples of inspired ideas. And I love them. I love them. So good. Yeah, yeah. And so um, what we tend to see, what I tend to see here are the common blocks at this stage, Um, overthinking. So people just forcing it trying too hard to brainstorm, you know, yeah. um, and then equally the opposite, underthinking. So 
not creating space to explore all the potential possibilities like that's yeah. that really letting your mind uh, go wild um, and then the third one, which always cracks me up, is this idea of regurgitation. So that's when people just literally just take someone else's idea and start talking it out or start writing content around it. And you can tell from a mile away that they have not put any thought into it. So yeah. um, they're just three things to be mindful of when you're in that first uh, um, ideation phase. Um, yeah. And so potentially a few ideas of how to unblock um, if you are if you find yourself over or underthinking, particularly, um, creating a ritual to, to sort of kick yourself into that ideation mode. Um, and I uh, sort of recommend anything sensory. So it might be like your fresh coffee, it might be candles, a bunch of flowers, your favorite tunes, a particular space. So this idea of attaching like, okay, I'm in creative mode now because I have all of these things around me that are signifiers that that is what I need to do now. Mm. Um, so it's definitely one that I tap into a lot. Um, and then another one, which is one of my favorite uh, things that you always say, which is this idea of lock it and block it, um, <laughs> yeah. particularly for creative thinking. So if you're in a position where you need to come up with ideas all the time, um, definitely having regular creative thinking will train your brain to recognize that, oh, on Fridays at 10 a.m., this is when we go into idea mode. Um, but you can also do that for your personal life as well too um, through, say, a journaling practice. So mm -hmm. I do that in the first thing in the morning and then my brain knows the second I open that book and touch that paper, it's go time. I love yeah. that. Mm. Um, and then one other thing um, is this idea around constraints. So um, if you tend to find that you are someone who gets really overwhelmed with all the ideas, um, set some constraints. Uh, so for example, if you're a designer, just create one A4 mood board, not 12. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're looking for a concept, um, if you're researching something, um, maybe only do it for half a day instead of a week, you know? Yeah. Um, so creativity thrives in constraints. So if you can just pop it all into, um, just put some boundaries or some, you know, bumper bars along what you're doing, it'll just help you stay a little bit focused and not get stuck. Yeah, I find that with models, like I'm kind of like, like less is more yeah. because I just think, because I love them, <laughs> the models go, I love a good model. Uh, like if I'm trying to explain something, if I can't explain it in kind of five points or so, I'm overcomplicating it. And also if I can't explain it in five or so points, then also I'm going to find it hard to communicate it and for it to be something people remember and can implement easily. And so I do try and, you know, keep things contained a bit. Otherwise it could be like, and the 20 different points I want to share with you, like I could easily go there, but I try and, yeah, be a bit more constrained with it for ease, memorability, great communication of, of the idea as well. Yes, absolutely. And I would um, hazard a guess and stay, say that's because you've done stage two, which is the incubation stage of the creative process, right? Mm -hmm. You are a big, juicy ideas chicken. So this is the marination phase. You've just spent all this time with your ideas in the inspiration phase. You've gathered, gathered notes, you've made mood boards. Now this is really where you want to sit in it and bake. So um the, the challenge here is knowing when you've consumed enough inspiration to then dip into incubation. But I feel like that's a very intuitive process. Mm. 
you'll kind of know in your gut, you'll be like, oh, I'm kind of sick of looking at things right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the point at which you, you take a step back. Um, and it might not feel like you're actually doing too much in this phase. Um, it's because it's your subconscious that's doing all the work. Um, so this, this phase can actually be quite a long phase, depending on the scope of what you're trying to create. Um, it might take days, weeks, months, or even years for an idea to fully germinate. Um, so it's really important um, in this stage to slow down and not rush it, which can feel a bit counterintuitive, especially when you've had that first big hit of inspiration to kind of go like pow, like a rocket. And then, you know, when the rocket gets through the atmosphere, then it just floats. So that's kind of kind of like visually what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, and I love this. I love this phase because like, let, you know, speaking of less is more, this is really where you tap into those practices that allow you to be still because you want your brain to just connect those dots for you. And I guarantee if you try to force it, you'll just regurgitate something you've already seen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because you, I almost feel like and I'm sure you do this with your whole creative process is like, even as I think of like my programs and things like that, it's like, I have the big creation incubation, like sort of phase or the inspiration and I build it, but then I kind of go back into inspiration incubation as well, like on an ongoing basis. So I feel like you kind of have the inspiration, you create and you kind of get through that. But I feel like with some things, it, it's just an ongoing evolution of yes. that as well. Like I keep going back into it and then yeah. coming back out. Oh, for sure. And, and this is the thing, like we're talking about the creative process as if it's a linear thing. Mm. I've just numbered it to make, to, to, I, to show you what the different parts of it are, but yeah. it's really, it's really a networked experience. So if you think of these six stages as more just like points on a map, and you can travel between them depending on what you need. Like it's, and, and oftentimes, like you're saying, you might be working on something, but then you get, it gives you this hit of inspiration for something else that you're doing. And so um, the skill um, that you can hone over time is the ability to manage multiple of these phases going on at once, because yeah, we're, we're an organic being and our brains are constantly working and you don't know. And this is the most exciting part, I think, is that you just don't know when that click, when things mm. are going to click into place for something. Um, and usually it happens when you're working on something else, which is so annoying. Um, <laughs> but, but that's <laughs> Or just at how, two o'clock yeah. in the morning. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I, uh, literally last night I was lying in bed trying to get to sleep. It was like 1130 and um, all of a sudden this tagline came into my head for one of my clients. And I was like, oh, right, <laughs> I've got to get up and go and write that down. I was all cozy and warm. But, you know, it, this is what, when, you, when you've been working in this space and you have the process um, that you do all the time, when you let go and allow the ideas to incubate, that's often how it happens. Because your brain will be like, oh, I got it. Here it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love a bit of percolation, incubation, percolation. Mm, all those words. Um, and so um, unfortunately, though, this is the stage when we tend to see a lot of these really icky feelings come up, um, particularly imposter syndrome. Um, you might hear questions like, is my idea any good? Uh, why can't I figure this out? Mm. It's taking too long, dot, yeah. dot, dot, and on repeat. Um, you might also feel yourself getting really impatient with your own brain. 
um, frustrated with like, come on, like I've just given you all this information. Like, why can't we figure this out? You know? Um, and then the other thing to keep an eye on is this idea of mistrust. So um, you might start to question your own capability. Like, am I the right person to bring this thing to life? Um, or you might even start to distrust the process and go, oh, have I missed something? Have I done something wrong? Um, it's not your fault. This is just the nature of the beast. This is how your brain works. It's just trying to keep you safe. So um, things that you can do at this stage to really alleviate some of that pressure, all your meditation and mindfulness practices, anything that will allow you to really uh, ground down in your body to be still, to just let your brain uh, worry about what it needs to worry about, um, I think is a really good um, thing to tap into at this, at this point. Um, and the other thing too, um, particularly from a neuroscience perspective is getting enough sleep because um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist, um, I also draw a lot on his research for this stuff. Um, our brain's neuroplasticity actually happens when we sleep. So um, if you are constantly focusing on what you're trying to create and you're stressing yourself out and you're not getting enough sleep, you're not going to get anywhere. So um, it sounds, again, a lot of this stuff will sound counterintuitive, but the idea is that if you let it go and just trust that you have everything that you need to connect the dots and to bring this thing to life, you'll be able to get more sleep. And when you get quality sleep, your brain will actually be able to do its job. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I spoke about this on how to increase your energy as a business owner, which you're talking about as well, which is you know, sleep and eating and exercise and just like fueling our body to perform at its peak. And yeah. I think it's so, I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. Um, and I know that it's, yeah, definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot more uh, as well. Like uh, it's not just about sitting and working and doing, but it's actually about, am I, creating a space and a body that houses this brain and looking after it in a way that allows me to actually achieve the things that I want and create the things that I want in the way that I want as well. So I think that, yeah, that's so, so important. Just another reiteration of that message for everybody too. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if, you know, if machines could do creativity, don't you think we would have figured that out by now? Mm. <laughs> like there's a reason why that that this this process um, is a human process is because that's what we do. We are creators. We have we create this entire reality. You know, if you want to get a bit woo woo about it, um, so we're not a machine. We're actually you know a living, breathing being. And you know, we have as much as we like to think, as our ego likes to tell us that we're special and I don't need eight hours of sleep. <laughs> it's like actually you do. So let's just like let's just treat ourselves with kindness. Um, particularly in this incubation phase, because you want to give your brain um, as you know the time and the space it needs to be able to make that new and exciting connection. Um, because then that'll generally be something that's very specific to you and very organic because it'll be based on your memories, your experience, mm. what you love, and not what the world is telling you who you need to be. Yeah. And I find that when I'm tired as well, I like I struggle. Like I'm in struggle oh, straight. Yeah. Like my brain does not work. I procrastinate. I have the negative thoughts. So it makes a big difference to like how you show up for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. And we need more rest than we currently give ourselves, um, and which is heartbreaking um, to think that we don't prioritise that, you know. And it's really, it's the simple stuff that will allow you to go further, I think, in, yeah. particularly when it comes to creativity. I'm a sleeper. I'm just going to yeah. say it. I know you are too. I'm a sleeper. Yeah. I'm like, we don't go to bed past 10 o'clock and I'm up at maybe like maybe five or seven. Those are my two times. Yeah. But yeah, if I get out of bed at five, I'm bouncing. Like yeah. I am like ready to go. <laughs> so I feel like my body's like, we're done. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, nice. The tank is full. Let's, let's hit the road. Yeah. So yeah. good. Awesome. So we've, we've gone through, uh, we've gone through our inspiration stage. We've gone through our incubation stage. What's next? Yes. This is, this is probably my favorite, um, revelation. Yes. So everyone loves this. It's the aha moment. It's the Eureka. I've struck gold. Uh, and any of all those metaphors. Um, the interesting thing, though, um, that uh, that I found is that often we confuse this stage with the first one of inspiration. Um, but the difference is, is that stage one is often loud, like that first hit of inspiration is often, I, I know I find it's a big jolt through my whole body. It's like, oh, I've got this, I've got this uh, momentum and it's like pushing me forward, right? Um, but revelation, um, I say nine times out of 10, it's going to be a really quiet whisper. It is going to be that moment when your brain has finally found in, in its refidex of, of um, answers, the one that matches up with this one that you've told it is really, really important. Um, so oftentimes this revelation can actually be really, really quick. So stage three is often really, really fast. Um, at what, and what it's telling you is it's giving you a green light. It's like, okay, now is the time to act. We are ready to go. I've got all the information I need. Um, I really want you to get into creation mode. Awesome. So good. I love the aha moments. Oh, yeah. They're they, are, they are so good. Like, yeah. Like when I was, when I was creating for the huddle, I was just like, I knew that I had the ideas, but I didn't have the words. And when they came, I was like, oh, so exciting. It's amazing when it hits, when you finally kind of get to that, the revelation oh. bit. Yeah, so good. Oh, yeah. When it when it lands, it lands. Yes. And it is so satisfying. It's like scratching an itch on in the middle of your back. You're just like, oh, <laughs> got it, got it. Um, however, uh, if you don't get that aha moment, um, there are a few other emotions that can often come to take its place. Um, so, uh, and these are common blocks that I often see. Um, ignorance. So. Um, if people are too busy, um, you know, doing anything else than this idea, they'll often miss the opportunity of hearing that quiet, quiet voice or feeling that intuitive hit when it's come through. And that goes back to our first point around making the space and the time to think and to really um, allow your brain to, to mull over the idea. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a very, it's a very passive, the revelation is quite passive, is that you're just sitting there waiting and allowing it to arrive. So it's really about receiving and not forcing. Um, and so distraction is the enemy of a revelation. So if you are too busy, um, you won't hear it and you'll, you'll dismiss it. Um, and then the third one is, is if, when, you, when you do finally hear it, um, insecurity can land um, and you might be like oh like is that it or you know you might not fully back yourself and your idea um, out of a fear of what people might think 
Mm. Um, and being being a people pleaser is the absolute worst identity to have at this point. Um, because uh, what you'll what you'll then do is be like, well, so and so did it better, or they've already said that, or you know, this person I follow, um, they said it better than I ever could. But that's not the point, right? That's not the point. We want to get you in flow. We want to get whatever is inside of you out into the world in a way that makes sense for you and for your audience. So um, I think it's really, it's, this, this oftentimes, while this is the quickest stage, it's often the one where people struggle the most because they just are waiting and are waiting, waiting and not listening, not listening, mm. not listening. Yeah, and I think the distraction thing is a big one. Like, oh, I think that, yeah, like just, it's like I say to my kids, just be bored. Like, just, yeah. just allow yourself to be bored. Don't be on a screen. Don't be watching TV. Don't be chatting with friends. Like, just allow yourself to just be. And I think that, you know, for me, when I go for a walk and I'm not listening to a podcast, which I find really hard, like I do kind of find, like, I want to be listening to something. I want to be inspired I want to learn something and I just think sometimes I'll just go for a walk and I'll have my headphones I'll put them in my pocket but I'm like just just be just allow the silence in your brain because that's when ideas come that's when the ahas come that's when we kind of allow the space for yeah our creativity and our mind to kind of go hey check out what I just did I, oh, absolutely. And I think um, part of it is too, there is a, I think plays into that is that there's a fear of being seen or a fear of actually expressing what you want, because I think that there's, um, it's so easy to, like I say, put in a podcast. It's so easy to, to ride on the coattails of other people's ideas especially, you know, we spend so much time online, mm. so much, we're exposed to so many ideas from the second we wake up to the second we go to bed at night. Um, and and it's a it is a real challenge. We live in a culture that's built on distracting us from our purpose, you know, and so it really is an act of rebellion to not listen to the podcast, to unfollow a bunch of people who are in your industry. Um, and it, it, it's really rebellious to sit with yourself and say, what do I actually think? What do I believe in? What is it about this particular idea that excites me so much? You know, mm. I think oftentimes the focus is on money and productivity and the end result, but it's like, what actually lights you up? Because you mm. I, like, I can guarantee it. If you are not excited about what you are doing, you won't do it. Yeah. You know, and you can't get excited about something unless you actually sit in that space and allow that emotion to bubble up, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, like we've said a couple of times already, you know, create a little bit more space in your day to allow these things to arrive. Um, another thing that you can do if you if you struggle to hear that inner voice or you, you feel a bit disconnected from your intuition, um, start a journaling practice. Um, because when you ask yourself the right questions, the answers are there. I guarantee it. Like if you sit and you ask yourself, um, help me solve this problem and you listen and you sit in that space, what you need will arrive. And I, and, th and those kinds of practices tend to go right out the window when you start a business, mm. because the, I think a lot of the language around business and it's starting to change, but a lot of the language is really that push masculine, um, like go, go forward, forward, figure, figure, tinker, tinker. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to hear 
the idea in its form, in the form that it wants to take. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because I just think, like you said, it is definitely a culture mm. at the moment, like create, 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 mm-hmm. consume, consume, consume. Yep, yep. And if, if, you're not crea- if you're not creating, what are you doing? You're consuming, you know. Yeah. And, and there's a th- there needs to be a third uh, side of that triangle, right, which, yeah. is, which is just boredom, I think. <laughs> I think that's just the answer. Yeah, just just not not doing one or the other, but allowing and listening, and maybe it's the observation piece, right? Mm. Yeah, observe. We have to find yeah. another C. We need to find. Yeah. <laughs> so create, consume. All right, I'll I'll think about that. I'll, I'll allow my brain to tinker on that too. I love that. That's so good. Yeah, and I just think, I just think it's so important for us to be able to do that and not constantly feel the pressure. And I do think we still need to create, I think it's good to consume, to get inspiration, but I think it's about, and I can never say this word, Marion, you'll have to say it, like compartmentalize. Is that, I oh, feel like I never, ever pronounced that right. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize, like car parts. No, compartmentalize. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, like we just, we don't really focus in on, on that, on just allowing ourselves to have that space and be able to say, I'm not going to consume. I'm not going to create. I'm just going to be. And by being, I know that all of the stuff that I want to do or the, all the stuff I want to create, that's how it happens by me giving myself that space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why we're, we're breaking this process down into distinct phases yeah. so that if you have spent, if you found yourself, you know, you're really inspired you've, um, you know, let the idea incubate for a little while, then you can actually announce to yourself, to, to your community, to your, um, you know, source, higher power, whatever, I am ready for a revelation yeah. and see what happens. You know, you can actually ask, you can ask for what you want to receive, uh, which is something that I struggle with. But when I do um, go forward in this in this phase with that intention of I want to know the answers, I want that revelation. I want I want my idea to be illuminated. Like show me what it is. Then it generally arrives pretty quickly, and that's why this part of the phase mm. is really quick because you're focusing on it and you're allowing it. You know, manifesting the answer. Right? If we think yeah. about it in terms of manifestation. Um, but this uh, once you have your revelation amazing best feeling ever this is this is the tricky part for some people depending on how much you uh how brutal you are with killing your darlings because stage four is all about evaluation so this is yeah um it's where it's it is where you have to be a little bit a little bit brutal you know it's time to validate your ideas and your approach um, because spoiler alert, uh, you can't do every single idea and nor should you. Not every idea is worth pursuing. Um, and it's really not about crushing your dreams or telling you no, um, but it's really about um, you want to push, put your idea through a pressure test, MasterChef language, <laughs> um, by asking and you want to ask the right questions. So you mentioned it really early on, Suze, about the questions that you tend to ask when you're when you're in inspiration phase. Um, bring those back at this point once you've pulled together your idea and you've started you know starting to map out the way forward 
um, because asking the right questions at this point is really crucial. Because again, we don't want to we don't want to kill the idea. We don't want to upset ourselves. But basically, we just want to find out like, is this the right time to do this thing? Um, it, you know, is this the right thing for me? Uh, that kind of thing. And so, mm -hmm. what I what I see at this at this stage a lot in the evaluation phase is um, avoidance. So a lot of people tend to not test the idea or ask any questions about it. They just go ahead and do it. So there's no evaluation or validation. Self-doubt can come up a lot here too. So instead of questioning the idea, you start questioning yourself. Mm. Not ideal, not <laughs> helpful. Um, and then the third one that um, we don't talk about a lot in the creative process, but I think is really important is grief. So at this point, and maybe even before this point, you've had to abandon or shelve other ideas that came up in the process, ideas, approaches, um, channels, formats, whatever. Um, and grief is, uh, you know, it's about loss. And so at this point, you might want to actually stop and acknowledge and say, wow, like, look how far I've come. You know, all of, all of these phases, you know, the inspiration of other people, like I acknowledge how valuable that was to me. You know, but I can't do this part of this project right now because I don't have the time, the energy or the resources. Um, but really um, giving a bit of space to that grief and, and, and loss because it'll allow you to let go of what you don't need. Because um, I do see um, people tend to hold on to every idea because they're like, I came up with this. It's really important, you know, but it doesn't help you finish the one idea that you're working on. <laughs> mm. Like it just makes it harder because your bandwidth is taken up by thinking about 7,000 different things that might be related, but might not be. Yeah. I feel like, like when you talk about that, I feel like I go back four years or so, or three years where I culled half of my business. And that was a really painful process. Like I remember when I closed my Facebook group, which had about 4,000 people in it, I like was really emotional when I closed it because you do, you, you invest so much in like everything that you put into it and you, you had all these ideas and they were great and you loved them, but you just know you've got to let them go. Like in order for you to evolve and move forward and for you to create what you really want, that is such, and sometimes we can hold onto it for a really long time. Like, I feel like I held on for six months more than what I should have because it was such a painful process to cull all the stuff that I built and loved and put so much joy and energy into. Um, yeah, that kind of, that's what it made me think of when you said like letting go of that. It's, and I think that a lot of business owners, a lot, of, a lot of times we hold on to things that don't serve us anymore, whether it's a new idea or something we've created in the past that was right at the time. But I think that, you know, this is where you're talking about it's more of a map where you go backwards and forwards. Like I think evaluation is such an important thing on a regular basis within our mm. business just to check in with our intuition, check in with our energy ourselves to say, does this idea still serve me? Does it still serve my audience? Yeah, and and I and you know, as a creative, one of the one of the hardest parts about evaluation is letting go of clients. Mm. You know, maybe because you, you invest so much creative energy in their business, um, in both the work that you produce, but also the ideas that you give just so freely. You know, 
And um, that's, I shared this meme yesterday that was like, it's wild about growth. Hey, you just, one day you just wake up and you just absolutely hate everything you used to love. <laughs> and that's how it can feel. That's how yeah. this evaluation process can feel because you've changed and you've grown and mm. the priorities have shifted. And this idea, whatever you're trying to bring to life, it demands a different version of you. Um, and so I we, as well as we hold on to old ideas, we also hold on to old parts of ourselves. So, um, you know, some questions that you could ask maybe at this point um, to unpick a bit of that is, you know, will this new idea challenge me? You know, has this mm. idea been done before? If so, what can I add to it? Or what can I improve? Because remember, we don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel, but we can also amplify what other people are doing and put our own twist on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the third one is really like, will I in actually enjoy working on this? You know, so depending on depending on where you're at in life and what's happening in your personal life, maybe, you know, it could be the most amazing idea and you absolutely love it, but personally, it's not the right time. Um, and this is really what um, I faced when I did my PhD and I, I had all of this incredible research and these ideas and things. And I came out of that process and I was just so burnt out and recovering from the grief of losing my mom that I was like, I just can't, I can't do this. I know that this is what my life is going to be. I know what this is my life's work, but I just, I need some time off and, it, and it's taken me till now. So it's been like five years till I was able to have the strength to come back to it. So just know that um, if you evaluate an idea and now is not the right time, it doesn't mean never, but it might mean like, could be a decade from now that it comes up again and you're like, yes. And it's so easy to action, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think, I do think that, yeah, we can come back to things like it, it is like not now. And I feel like some of my audience, you know, especially when you're in the, those early days of motherhood where they've got all the inspiration for the business, they've got all these ideas, they need a 50 more hours in the week, but they've got like a two and a five-year-old. And I get, have this conversation with them all the time. It's like that deep desire to like do more, but now it just may not be the season for it. And it's not to say that you won't be able to, and it's not to say that you can't do it, but it is just looking at, you know, where am I in my life? And does this idea serve me now? It's not to say it has to go away or I'm going to abandon it, but maybe it's something I can come back to when I'm in a different space for it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that rings true um, for everybody, you know, and I, and it is a, it is a mix and it's a very personal decision, right? So I would encourage you at that point when you're evaluating only to get the, um, the trusted opinions of somebody that is really close to you. And I wouldn't ask more than two or three people because then you start to get too many um, other, you know, too many other cooks in the kitchen, yeah. uh, MasterChef. Um, <laughs> You will hear many cooking analogies from Marion. She's obsessed with MasterChef at the moment. Honestly, like you want to watch the creative process in action in 45 minutes, please watch that show. Anyway, um, so you can also watch Marion's stories where she like gives the creative I process. I yeah. love it. Um, okay, so uh, stage five um, is, do you notice how I haven't even talked about actually doing or making the thing until yeah. stage five? Because there's a whole bunch of other things that need to happen before that. So our stage five is creation. And this is, it's the time to get to work. Um, and this stage, just from the get-go, it's powered by mistakes and failures. Um, it's prototypes, it's sketches, it's drafts, it's uh, 
content that tanks, it's um, launches that fail, like it's all of it. So like embrace every emotion that comes up because you're gonna get the whole spectrum here. Um, you might nail it on the first go, um, probably not. Uh, but um, you know, you might also throw um, lots of versions of your creation into the bin. Um, so I encourage you at this stage to be really generous with your time and space. Um, and to iterate, 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 um, and just to keep going until, again, you, you get almost like a mini revelation within this creation stage that tells you, okay, I can't work on this anymore. I'm ready to let it go. Yeah, so good. And I think that, you know, we do have to embrace it all because you're right. Like, I just don't think, and I'm sure somebody else said it, I didn't, but you can't get to the success without all the failure. Like yeah. it's all the failure that allows you to learn and evaluate and then come back to a different iteration of the creation. And I think it's just, you should just expect it as well. And I think that's the one thing that I say to clients a lot is that we, we have to be okay in the failure and not make it personal because it's part of the process. Yeah, and this is where you can really look to the artists for inspiration on this, right? And you see someone who's creating um, a painting, you know, they oftentimes they'll do hundreds and hundreds of sketches until they get the composition right. And then, then they might move into like figuring out what the color palette is and they'll get, you know, and, you know, I, basically my entire Instagram is just following chefs and artists. <laughs> <laughs> Because they show you, they show you, they're like, oh, I wanted to use this particular green, but when I put it next to this particular red, it, it just looks awful. So I mixed up a new color green and that looks amazing, you know? Mm. So it's not just being like really pig-headed about it and being like, the first, the first thing I do is the only thing I do. It's like, no, like allow yourself um, the uncomfortable luxury of experimentation. Um, and that's really what this stage is about. So um, things that might happen, along the way to keep your eyes peeled for. Um, exhaustion tends to pop up a lot. So burning the candle at both ends in the pursuit of perfection. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> rest, rest, rest. Uh, hesitation. So not wanting to go all in and do the work that's required for greatness. Um, so not committing in the first place. Um, and then the third part is people pleasing thinking too much about your audience, thinking too much about the people that you um, are creating this work for. You know, it has to be a 50-50 split, it has to be 50% you and 50% them. Um, so some things to think about here. One of my favorite quotes is from my PhD supervisor, Dr. Lexi Lassick. She said, when you work when you can work, rest when you can rest. So if that means, and you know, this would probably be a really good mantra for a lot of the mums out there, when, when Bob is sleeping, get to work if you can. You know, if you've got a burst of energy at four in the morning, do it. You know, letting, let go of the schedule of that, like, that old nine to five corporate schedule in your brain and just go, I am going to design my creative practice or my process around my energy levels rather than the way the world works. And even that small shift, you may, you may, it may take you a little bit longer to get the thing done, but it'll be so much more sustainable. Mm. Yeah. And I actually was, I quoted Grant Cardone the other day, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter, but that he, he says people don't fail because they don't do the work. 
they fail because they underestimate the amount of work required. And so yeah. when you, yeah, I loved it. I was like, that's so true. And when, you, when you've got hesitation, not wanting to go all in and do the work required for greatness, I think that that's it. We kind of, we give something, we put something out there once, that one time on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock that everybody knows about, you know, and we're like, oh, what, like it didn't work. Like nothing worked and you just give up so quickly. And I think that also from a creation perspective, going back to the artist, you know, the first hundred paintings, the first 50 paintings that they do may, may never have sold, but they didn't give up. Like we kept going, getting better, evolving it. And I just think in business is exactly the same. Like we, you know, so many failures, so many things that have happened, but you just have to really believe Mm. And I think that's such a big one, like really believing wholeheartedly in that process of like, I'm going to make it happen. And I always think back, um, like Daring and Disruptive by Lisa Messenger was, you know, it was the 89th or the 88th meeting where she got a yes. How many of us would be willing to go to 88 meetings and get no's and keep going? And I'm just like, I just think that that's, you know, it's the long game. And when somebody's like, well, why would I start a podcast? Because like, there's so many people and, you know, who, who knows how long, you know, I'll have it. I'm just like, how long are you planning on being in business? <laughs> like, there's not like, we're in it for the long haul, aren't we? So it's okay for us to have lots of things that we try and we create. And it's just about putting in that work for greatness, for, to make it better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things I could say to that, but the one <laughs> I'm going to distill it down into this idea of devotion, yes. right? Be devoted to your ideas. Your, you, this is this iteration, this version of this idea, you're only going to get it in this form once. No. So why not give it that sacredness, treat it with the respect that it deserves and match its energy, you know, like up until this point, the idea has been fueling you. But this, at this, in stage four, this is this tip, it tips over and now you have to be the one to drive it. You are the vessel for this idea. And not only do you have to treat yourself with that same kindness, but you also have to treat that idea with reverence. You know, that this is the thing that is going to change something in the world. You know, I am adding this thing, whether it's, you know, I want, it's going to make the world more beautiful or it's going to make the world more accessible. You know, you have to tap into an emotion behind it. Um, and then also understand your um birthright as a creator you know that is that is the identity that you can tap into like I am I was born to do this you know on a really simple level um and part of that too is really falling in love with the process not the destination so <clears throat> yes it can be great to think oh when I've done this course or whatever I'm going to make this money and do that it's like yeah cool maybe <laughs> um but also like get some love and invest some energy into the making because then it won't matter what happens because you'll have created something that you're really proud of and that you believe in wholeheartedly. And that energy is going to be what attracts people. I think. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, that's what, that was my <laughs> thought, Marianne. Oh, yes. I totally believe that too. Like I just think once again, I know I just said it recently, the energy that you bring is the energy that people receive 
And I just think being in love with what you do, being in love with what you create, even when it's hard, even when it fails, even when it doesn't work, you know, I just think that love, just people are drawn. It's magnetic. When you love what you do, when you are invested in what you do for what you do and for your clients and for the work you want to create and the the energy you want to put out into the world, I just think that is what is magnetic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's like, you're like a bug zapper to the people that, <laughs> that, that, that hopefully, are looking Hopefully you don't kill them. In a good way. Um, but, and, you know, and part of that too is like, yes, share your process. Um, but I, I'm sort of a more in the camp of like, don't share too much because you also want to, um, you want to build a bit of excitement, build a bit of anticipation. Um, and I think sharing milestones is a really good way to get around that and, and letting people know what you're working towards and saying by this, or like, this is what I'm working on this week. And then maybe come back at the end of the week and be like, Whoa, I did it. Here's the thing, you know? So it allows you to get those, also those like nice little hits of dopamine along the way. Um, Cause let's be honest, that's why we're all on social media. It feels good in the brain sometimes. Um, but what I love about so much about this stage um, is that it really leads um, and um, migrates all the way into funnels into, if you will, stage six, which is liberation. And I purposefully renamed this stage because this is how I want you to feel when you get to the point where you're ready to release your creation into the wild. Now, people often hold back their creations at this point um, because they think it's not ready. It's not Mm. done. But like I probably say nine times out of 10, the thing that will complete your work is sharing it. So it's getting it's getting it getting the creation out of your head and into the hearts, minds, and world and lives of the people that are going to serve it the most. Um, and so people often wonder why they're so exhausted, um, but chances are they have all these tiny little projects like tabs open in your brain. And so if you don't share it, if you don't close that loop. Um, oftentimes uh, that's what will lead to the burnout because you're still thinking your subconscious brain is still thinking about it if you haven't told it that it's done. And so you really have to have a moment where you do share and release and let go and allow uh, the idea to not be yours anymore, Mm -hmm. allow it to be a part of the world. Um, And so you might notice um, that, uh, well, you might be looking for a moment when like, when is the right time for me to release this thing? me again I tap right into my body and I think like it's when my heart starts to wander and I go I actually just don't want to work on this anymore that's usually an indication for me that it's time um, for this idea to become a piece of collaboration out Mm. in the world awesome yeah and I think it's an interesting one isn't it because I think this is where the perfectionism can sometimes creep into Mm. of is it ready like, yes. is it, am I, am I done? Like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I'm done, but I think that if you're, I think that if you are in a, in a state of flow, then, and you are kind of sharing your journey along the way, then there can be a point of conclusion, but even with a slightly open door, it's like, here's what I've created this is what I've done. And it's kind of going back to what I was saying a lot earlier around the evolution of once you've completed something and you've created it, but just knowing that like you'll continue down the line, but not stopping because you're not sure 100% that you've finished. 
Yeah, and this is where we tend to see um, like the scarcity mindset creep in a little bit. So, um, you know, people, you might have this fear that you, you know, you might not have anything to do once it's done um, or that you never get a, never going to get an, an idea that's as good as this, you know, <laughs> which seems just really funny to me because I'm like, yeah, of course you will because um, you're a human and you're yeah. a creative human. Um, other, other emotions that pop up, rejection, like what if they don't like it? What if nobody buys, you know? Uh, and then my favourite and probably my Achilles heel is fear of success. Like what if it blows up? Then I'll be seen. And like can I handle the realities of getting what I want, you know? So yeah. these are all valid. And whatever you're feeling at this point when you release, it might be that nervous excitement, but it could also feel awful. So, you know, just, I think just make space for whatever comes up for you when you release it um, and, and honor that, you know, and, and, and don't be afraid to share that too. Cause I think people will really respond to how you're feeling in this process as well. Yeah. And I think this is where courage comes in. Yeah. I think, and it can feel really rubbish. Like it's not fun. It's not easy, but it's just like, let's go though. Because if I don't, then what's it all been for? Like if I don't release it, if I don't let it go, if I don't kind of see if it's got legs out there in the world, then I just think that that the, you know, I guess the repercussions of that can be quite like stilting for your own creativity if you create and then you don't let it go. Yeah, and, and um, Father Bronx, who I mentioned at the start, um, he has a really interesting way of looking at this. And so um, he sort of talks about every finished and released creation is a vote towards your self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, and your self, as he says, your self-esteem is always watching. So if you don't follow through, it is such a knock for your confidence, for your belief in your own abilities, Um, And the other thing to think about too is like, this is what I think about just before I'm about to release something. Um, Everything is waiting for me. Everything that I've been hoping for, praying for, dreaming of is on the other side of getting this thing out. And I find that that's a really motivating way to think because then it's less about me, you know, and it's more about the idea at this point. So um, yeah, but it is tricky. It is tricky and it is about courage um, and it is about um, standing up, doing that big gulp and just and just diving in. Yeah, and I love like something that comes to me when you talk about that as well is like in Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about just creating and putting it out into the world. Mm-hmm. And she talks about killing your darlings, not like holding onto it like it is a life or death. It's not, she's like, you know, when she, when people say, you know, when they write a book or whatever, it's my baby. She's like, it's not your baby. It's something you created, like get it out into the world and let go of it. Once you've created it and you let it go, it no longer is yours. Like it belongs to the, to the people or to the idea that you've created it for. And I think for me, like years ago, when I first listened to that, that was such a aha moment that gave me permission Mm. to not like put so much emphasis and importance and like these are all my eggs in one basket like creativity is something that is endless and the more that I create the better I become at it and also just letting it go allows me to see what it does in the world which then is the feedback and the evaluation of how did that go? Like, is that what I wanted? Did that, did that work the way that I wanted? Was there 
Like what, how else could I evolve that? Where, where else could that go? And I think the letting go is where so many people struggle. Like the letting go and putting it out there. I feel like that is one of the biggest things that my clients face is holding on to it. And I'm just like, you've, you've got it. just launch it, let it go, put it out there and then, and see. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Becoming a finisher of creative projects is something that will 100% change your life and will allow you to not just, um, you know, experience the rush of what that feels like, but then also um, it'll just make you more creative. Because yes. once, once you demystified the process, you're like, oh, cool, I just do that again with something else. <laughs> like, this is the same with anything in life. Like, once you do something once, it becomes less scary, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It gets, and it does get easier over time. Like, the ideas don't get easier. Your emotions in the process probably won't get easier. You'll probably become more invested. But the process itself, that release, will just become as easy as the first stage of inspiration. You'll, you'll start to get the same hit that you got at the start when you let something go. And that's really like one of the things that I try to remind myself is that, you know, I'm just the custodian of this idea. You know, I'm just, I'm just a stop in the way of it trying to get to the people that it needs to get to. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. I just need to let go more. Let go more. Let go. Um, but one thing I did want to mention um, just before we wrap up, um, is what happens after that <laughs> because I think um, you know there's we don't really talk about what happens the day after or the day after the day after when you release something into the wild and um, I want to invite people to start to anticipate a come down <laughs> so I want you to plan for it too so um, it's when you send you know a piece of yourself out into the world or you send this idea that you've been shepherding out into the world um, it might feel like loss. It might also, it might feel really heavy, you know? So rather than rushing ahead and diving straight into the next project, which is a distraction strategy, um, I would invite you to sit in that liminal space. So sit in that really uncomfortable place of between the old idea and the new idea that is well on its way. And this is the space of really nurturing yourself, nurturing your creative life, um, resting, recovering, doing mindless activities, if that's something that, um, you know, feels good and, and, and good timing for you. Um, but, you know, you might, and you might not need that much time. I'm not talking like a year between projects here. Um, but really, it's like listening to those deep cues of how much space you need to recuperate. Um, but just know that that's probably going to come um, so that it doesn't completely derail your life. Because I see that happen too, especially when people release um, bigger projects that they've been working on for years, is there's this huge crash afterwards because you're no longer feeding that. It's no longer a part of your identity. And so there has to be a bit of space in between to recalibrate. And if you don't anticipate the come down, um, it usually will manifest as a spiral and then you'll start questioning you know all those that negative self-talk will run rife so um it's really about knowing like and you know it might be as simple as if you are launching something you know maybe the that next couple of days after that launch um you just take yourself and do something really nice and really nourishing and you know just love on yourself and celebrate yourself and just no matter what happens just be really really proud that you actually did it mm. Yeah, I love that. 
I always schedule like massages or a day off or a week off or whatever, especially after a launch um, or just after something, yeah, where you've been working on it for a long time. I'm just like, okay, time to just like fall in a heap and (laughs) and be okay with that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's and it's okay. It's okay if that next hit of inspiration doesn't come for, you know, a week, a month, a year, like, other life will give you so many opportunities to create that maybe it's not your creation that you're meant to work on next. Mm. Maybe the next thing you need to do is support somebody else with what you've just been through. So just know that it's so dynamic and there's so many ways that we can be a participant, an active participant in our creative lives where where we're not the one constantly driving it forward. Yeah. Let other people be in the driver's seat sometimes. Yes. That's yeah, nice. Chill. Just chill. <laughs> That's so good. Marion, thank you so much. I love that. And I totally resonate with all of it. I'm like, oh, I remember when I was in that and when I was in that and when I was in that. I think that, yeah. And I do think one of the things that you said is, you know, the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. I think the easier it gets to let go, the easier you understand yourself in the process as well of what you need in order for those revelations to come. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, you know, enjoying, like enjoying the process too. Like I love the creative process. It It doesn't always love me back sometimes, but, you know, I do, I do love it. I do get addicted to the aha moments. I get addicted to the release of putting it out into the world and all the nerves and everything else that comes with it. But I just think that as business owners and as, you know, no matter whether you're an artist or a business owner or working for somebody else, I just think really leaning into all of the elements, like it's, it's such an amazing gift. The creative journey is a journey of self-discovery, you know, first and foremost. And it is a gift. It's one of, it's one of the the biggest gifts of being human you know and that's why people that's why we take it for granted because it's so oftentimes so invisible but when you call attention to it and you and you be really intentional about how you experience it like it just it changes the game and it makes it um like you said it makes it a much more enjoyable process and and it's you know it's not something to be feared Mm. this is what we are built for (laughs) i love it so good (laughs) Oh, thank you. So Marion, for my listeners, where's the best place to find you? We've got, Marion's got a whole lot of book recommendations, which are amazing that will all be in the show notes that you can go check out. We've also got all of your links, but for those who are walking the dog and all the rest of it, where's the best place to connect? Yeah, um, I tend to lurk on Instagram. So you can find me at Marion Piper Creative uh, and then my website, which is just marionpipercreative.com. Amazing. Thank you, lovely. Thanks for having me. Now go create. (laughs) Did you love it? I loved it. I love going into processes and going deep. Now, I do have to say, Marion has given the most comprehensive show notes ever. So make sure that you head over to suzechadwick.com forward slash pod, P-O-D 218. And you can check out all the show notes there. You could probably print it off and go through it yourself. So really, really valuable and massive, massive kudos to Marion for going that deep on this podcast with us. I absolutely love it. Make sure that you check out all of her links and go say hi as well, because she's such an incredible creativity coach. 
And I just think that if you're somebody who's looking to really explore your creative process, then make sure you go and work with Marion because she's fabulous. That's it for another week. Amazing to have you here. Just remember, you can always connect with me on Instagram at Suze Chadwick. If you've got any questions, I am here for it. Happy to answer them for you. Feel free to share this episode if you got a lot of value out of it. And I cannot wait to see you next week back here on the podcast.